0: Do you think we're in a housing bubble? Has this looming thought slowed or prevented you from making confident investing decisions in the past years? What creates a housing bubble? Well, we know a housing bubble eventually pops. We've seen evidence of this back in 2005 to 2008, which is where most people learn this term from. Now, This concern has guided lots of investment decisions, especially over the past years as we've seen housing prices shoot up on average 18% year over year. and It makes many extremely confident and almost even certain that we're in some type of housing bubble and that bubble is set to burst soon. In this episode, we'll talk about some critical data points we look at to make these types of decisions and answer these types of questions And I want to lay out the data for you so that you can make your own decisions, not based on catchy headlines or self-proclaimed gurus, but on real and actual data and economic principles. Now, again, we're not here to tell you we are or not. You know, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to lay out the data for you and hopefully you can make some confident decisions after. Before we get into that, a little bit about us and our show. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate, where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, Managing Partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income producing apartment buildings. This may shock some people, and I know it shocked me when I heard it, but once I started thinking about it, it all made much more sense. Now, a housing bubble doesn't necessarily mean high prices. Those high prices don't cause a housing bubble. It's artificially high prices due to some type of what I'm going to call non-free market force. Now, in 2005 to 2008, that non-free market force was actually shady lending practices. Now, if you're unaware, what really caused the housing crash of 2008 wasn't that prices of real estate climbed, That increase in price was due to the primary reason which caused the crash which was an incredibly easy access to cash through shady lending practices and programs. Now, These programs made it almost certain that you could get any loan amount you wanted for a home and when you can borrow an unlimited amount of money, Prices skyrocket as people don't really feel the cost or care about the price of the purchase. Now, we see the same thing happening with college tuitions as those prices have skyrocketed due to the ease of access of student loans. Now, have you heard that you need to save up to 25% for a down payment on a piece of real estate? Well, that was not standard practice during our housing crash. Now, many people were actually buying homes already with negative equity because interest rates were so low, but they were variable, meaning they changed, and people weren't exactly sure how variable rates worked. So they could afford the home when the variable rate was at its lowest, but when it rose, they were immediately underwater. Now, not only that, but without needing that 25% down payment and without strict appraisal practices or income or employment verifications, they quickly realized that they were underwater since they had overpaid for a home, since the loan made it possible for them to do so, in order to take advantage of such low interest rates. And when that payment on that variable rate rose, and they couldn't make it anymore. They were forced to sell the property for less than they bought it because the price they bought it at, once the market of the lending market corrected, wasn't really the price that the market was willing to pay. So it isn't the rising cost of housing that creates a bubble. It's outside factors like shady lending practices, which causes the masses to go underwater on homes. Now let's think of the landscape now. Anybody who's gone in for a loan knows the ringer they put you through, and for good reason. You need down payments, credit checks, employment checks, years of income verifications, loan-to-income ratios, and in some cases, even personal references or outside collateral may be required. So in my viewpoint, it's not outside forces that are artificially causing prices to rise. Now, earlier I mentioned in non-free market causes, and what the data is telling us is that prices are rising due to free market causes, or in this instance, supply and demand. Now, since I can't add attachments to our show notes, if you want to look at any of the graphs that I'll be talking about, or the sources for the graphs I reference, which I do have screenshots, they're actually from a presentation that I was a part of, from one of the world's most renowned and trusted sources within real estate investing. Send me an email, and I'll send you the graphs, and we can open up more conversation there. But what the graphs tell us is that since the '60s, now this is real data, since the '60s, America has delivered, on average a million new homes every year. Since the 60s, on average, a million new homes every single year. Now, in that same time period from the 60s to the 2020s, population has grown at a rate of 2.25 million on average every single year. So we're seeing price be driven by supply and demand versus artificial means. Now, not to mention in the last 10 years, we've been well short of our 1 million deliveries, sometimes even by half, which is a huge factor in driving rent prices and growth within the single family and multifamily space. Now, I want to talk about another crucial factor which made that bubble pop, which was not just lack of affordability, but lack of equity. In recent years, we've seen housing prices continue to grow, and we know that those who buy them can actually afford to buy them with those increased lending regulations. But we also have seen people have enormous equity bumps with just natural appreciation. Now, before the bubble popped, people had no equity. But just in the past year, the average home is appreciated by 18% on average nationally, 18%. Meaning not only is the average homeowner buying a home with 25% cash equity, but their equity has grown beyond just making their monthly payments just by the natural market forces of supply and demand. Those are some of the top factors we look at when we're deciding if we're in a bubble. Now, again, I won't answer yes or no, but I guess you can kind of defer which way I'm leaning, which way the data tells us. But there really isn't a definitive answer. If you truly do believe we're in a bubble, you know, I'm not here to tell you otherwise. But I wanted to give you some valuable information so that you can make your own assumptions and hopefully use data to create a clear investing strategy. Again, if you want to talk about the presentation I listened to where I was a part of and got this information, or you want to check out some of the screenshots I have of it, send me an email uh, through my email listed in the show notes, and I'll be more than happy to start that conversation with you. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your time with me. If you enjoy our content, please share it with your friends and family. Leave us a great review on the platform you're listening on and we'll see you on the next episode.